music either fills you with dread or it fills you with joy. But like the funeral business, the wedding business is booming right now and tastes are changing quickly. So how are companies keeping up? I'm Jonathan Healy. Join me now as Red Business walks up the aisle. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB, Apple technology and solutions for your business. CompuB.com slash business. So in a little while, we're going to talk about the process of the wedding and the mechanics of the day. But before you do anything, you have to come to a room like the one I'm sitting in right now, which is on Patrick Street in Michelle Jewellers with Tim Key. Now, Tim, I've very bad news. You're not going to sell me a ring today, which is the purpose of this room, isn't it? It is. This room and the other rooms we have are for private viewing uh, for people when they're getting married or getting engaged. Uh, we find there's a big change today in that long ago people would buy a set of wedding rings which would probably match. You'd have a plain yellow set or a plain white set or whatever. Today everything goes from diamond set wedding rings for the ladies to extremely fancy rings for the gents. Uh, the fashion has changed completely. We'll take a step back from the wedding ring to the engagement ring, first of all. Now, I was an old die-hard romantic, right? I didn't tell anybody what I was doing, and I bought the engagement ring. Are there still old romantics like me around, or does everybody now have to consult in triplicate and fill out the form before they come in to buy the engagement ring? No, I'm delighted to say the romance is not dead. About 20 minutes ago, before you sat in that seat, I had a fella there who was going out with this girl for seven years, and he decided to surprise her off the blue, and he came in, he bought a ring, and he's gone off home now to surprise her, and he's going down to, uh, I think it's Inchidani Beach, in the next few days, and he's going to write, will you marry me on the beach? So there is romance still left. There's a little bit of residual romance, yeah. yeah. But is, is, are there fewer of those types now? Is, is it more of a, a joint effort? The age of equality, the lady has much as a say as the man has? Um, I would say probably not. Funny enough, I would say a lot of fellas now are trying to make their own impression on it. They're trying to make it something special for her by he picking it. Now, he'll have done a lot of research. He, Don't buy blind. Yeah. Oh, he won't be blind, blind. He might have her mother involved in it or her sister involved in it or, you know, uh, her best friend. He'll have done a lot of research as to what she'd like. He'll probably have borrowed a ring to get her size and he'll have a good idea of what she likes. And he knows budget. And Yeah, and budget is important, of course, because you can go for something that's nice and straightforward or you can go mad altogether and really make an impression what's the most popular type of ring I mean is it still the solitaire which would have been traditionally the type of engagement ring people would have opted for no today now the fashion has changed in that way the most popular type today is a thing called a halo what it basically is is like a single stone and then there's a circle of diamonds around it and diamonds on the shoulder so they call it a halo of diamonds around the centre stone that is Genius, whoever thought up with that, because why sell them one diamond when you can sell them 15? That works out much better for the jeweller. Well, it's like uh, the three stone. I remember when De Beers brought out an advertising campaign that the three stone was the ultimate uh, symbol of love because it was three stones and in, in the stones meant I love you. And then they came out with the eternity ring, which had five stones, and it was I will love you always. So what does 15 say? 15 says, I love you, love you, love you. (laughs) (laughs) And it it really dictates the message. Um, 
the cost of gold it fluctuates widely. I mean, it's been up and down for the last couple of years for reasons far outside the control of the fellow buying the ring or indeed the jeweller who's selling it. Is it more expensive now to buy an engagement ring than it would have been, say, 10, 15 years ago? Oh, it is, yeah. I mean, you have, you have a difference in that. You have a difference in the cost of metal. You have a difference in the cost of wages to people who are manufacturing. So there would be a lot of differences. Yes, it would be more expensive today. The price of gold fluctuates due to investment reasons, more so than the jewellery business. Uh, the price of diamonds is fairly static. You know, it goes up, it goes down. What's more probably an influence is the price of the dollar and the euro. At the moment, now it's particularly good value because the euro is quite strong against sterling. Mm. So that what we were buying, say, for 16 hundred a couple of months ago or say a year ago we're buying for 1250 okay so you there know? is actually it's, it's working out quite yeah. not love is blind of course to currency yeah. fluctuations but it doesn't it doesn't not help let me put it that way is there a is there a kind of a guide price so someone who sits down in this chair for the first time and they go i want to buy an engagement ring do you give them a guide price what like where do they start is it still three times your monthly salary they used to traditionally say three times your monthly salary, but today that really doesn't apply. It varies completely. I mean, we'd sell diamond rings for seven, eight hundred euros. We'd sell diamond rings for seven or eight thousand, you know, engagement rings. And we'd sell in between. Uh, a popular price point would probably be between two and three and a half, and then another thousand. Another popular, sorry, the very po first one would be probably eight hundred to two grand, then two to three and a half. And then probably five to seven, and then after that, anything. after that, Tim has a big smile on his face if they're yeah. looking to see that tray. Um, talk about the wedding bands. I mean, I have possibly the most simple wedding band of all—a simple, plain gold ring, which was, you know, the symbol. You're you're given all your worldly possessions. You didn't want to show both, but that's changed now. You're saying. Well, first of all, the big change today is that you have civil weddings or you have church weddings. In a civil wedding, you don't have any of the i.e. worldly goods thing. Yes, to have to hold. Yeah, no, no, you don't. In the church wedding, you do. Uh, the wedding rings themselves, sometimes today, the gents' wedding ring could be 1,500 quid. 1,500 euros, sorry. Uh, the ladies' wedding ring might be 2,000. There's a big swing to ladies' diamond set wedding rings, which vary in price from about... 700 up to oh god we have one i think that was about eight thousand as opposed to before the normal wedding ring was 250 300 because yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a simple gold band really isn't yeah. it so gold gold if gold is reasonable the ring will be reasonable why did people change their attitudes i mean is it just the constant progression and change in taste it's, it really is just change in taste, fashion as well, and the fact that they have a little bit more spending money and they want something a bit more glamorous, yeah. if is the right way to say. As if the day wouldn't be glamorous enough. Have you ever, and this is, uh, we're, we're going to the questions I always wanted to ask a jeweller, have you ever had returns on engagement rings and is there a policy on same? Practically never, once or twice. It depends. It's a it's a very grey area. We don't deal in second hand stuff, and if the thing has been worn, we just don't do anything on it. Unfortunately, um, if it's not been worn, we'd have probably 
spoke to the customer beforehand say a guy was giving his own and he was getting a, a bit nervous and we probably said right if you have it back within a certain amount of time yeah. we'll refund you a standard yeah. enough return you know, policy yeah, yeah. From that point of view it's I suppose it's not something you want to raise to a person when they're starting off you know <laughs> they're in a very like I keep saying to the girls we're lucky in that we're in a really enviable position in our business that we're dealing with people on happy times especially emotionally happy times you know this is their first big purchase together well maybe they might have bought a house or whatever yeah. before but as but a couple sing, as a couple it's the yeah. first signal yeah. that you know, this, you know. Is, this is the real thing you I mean how many years have you been doing this you've been a jeweler for how long well I started in the business when I was seven lifting boxes in a flood so I suppose you couldn't have lifted them very high at the age no, of seven. Wasn't. But I can tell you, when the water's coming in, you discover fast how to lift. Um, I suppose technically fifty. I mean, I've been working Saturdays since I'm about ten. Yeah. I'm sixty in a couple of weeks' time, so I technically say fifty years. You you've seen a lot then, of couples coming in over the years and the styles changing and all of that, Tim. You presumably get to people watch a lot. Couples, I mean, they always, you've, you've seen many coming through. Do you get to realise, well, these guys are definitely in it for the long haul or maybe they're not ready and down that no, road yet? I wouldn't agree there. Um, I mean, yes, you would, people watching, yes. Having been as long as I am in the business, you'd know a couple and they walk in the door. They have that shy, hesitant look. I never understood how a person could feel awkward in a place. Uh, having lived all my life in the business... Until one time I was away in Spain with a friend of mine and he took me into a lingerie shop but he wanted to buy some wa underwear for his girlfriend. A and different trade to your own now. A different yeah, trade yeah. to my own. And I suddenly realised how you could feel awkward in a shop because all I wanted to do was get out. <laughs> and I know I've had cases where fellas have said to me, oh, do you know, I feel very uncomfortable in here now. This is my kind of place. But in reality, it's a, it's a shop, you know? I mean... We are very lucky, as I said, to share that moment. And we are lucky in that my mother might have sold someone's mother their engagement ring, I'm, or their grandmother. I might have sold their mother her engagement ring. And now I'm selling the granddaughter. Mm. I'm hoping one of my kids will follow me into the business and then the continuation will occur. You know, And I, that's one of the nice things of our business. Do you ever walk out maybe on a Saturday afternoon or whenever you close up on a Saturday having sold a number of engagement rings but a bit more pep in your step than maybe the fellow closing Eason's on the other side here or the travel agents nearby you know you've done you, you've made people happier than other retailers in town might have done that day oh well you'll always enjoy uh, that moment I mean yes it's a business we're out to make sales but you have the benefit of that moment I mean uh, people used to say to me oh you're a terrible snob and I'd say, why? We, we passed you in the street and you never saluted us. I said, no, I didn't, because it's up to you if you want to say to people where you bought the engagement ring. It's not my business to be saying, look, they bought it for me, <laughs> you know? And people, it's, it's a private time, but it's a public time, if you understand me. It's public because they are announcing it to their friends, but it's private because it's between us and them. But you're the box that sits up in the press, says Michelle. That's the one. Um, Tim Keane of Michelle Jewellers, an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for taking the time. Pleasure. Thank you again for everything.
The Red Business Podcast with CompuB, providing innovative Apple solutions for your business. Visit compubecom slash business. So that's what happens when you build up the courage and you get the ring and you make the proposal. But then the real work starts of how you actually go about organising a wedding. And by God, anyone who has put themselves through it knows that there's an awful lot of organising that goes into a wedding. The good thing is there are experts, there are professionals, three of whom are sitting opposite me right now in studio here in Red FM. We have Christine O'Sullivan from Creations. Hello, Christine. Hello. We have Sean Clark, who is a photographer. Hello, Sean. Hello. And we have Sandra Looney, who is a wedding planner. Very meek, Sandra. Come on, say hello louder. Hi, there hello you have everyone. it, yes. Much more confident <clears throat> than that. Um, Sandra, at what point do wedding planners get involved in the process? Well, there are a range of options, I guess, that I've come across. Most people do it about 18 months to 12 months before their big day. Um, they like to have a lot of time. They like to put a lot of thought into it. So normally I see people 12 to 18 months before they get married. So at what point in the relationship are they? So they've gotten together, they have gotten yep. engaged. Yep. Said all this the lovey dovey stuff. This is where the fault lines really uh-huh. start to appear, isn't it? it that is. uh, I want 12 doves. No, you're not getting any doves, you're having a pigeon. That kind of thing starts coming out. It does. The reality, once the bling is on the finger, then the reality of how things are going to pan out, really, that starts to take hold. I've had people come in the very next day following an engagement and the spreadsheet comes out. So she's really been thinking about it way <laughs> before she got the ring. So it can be a, a variety of times from the day after to probably they've been engaged for a year. We've had some people have been engaged for six years. So it's really down to the individual couple. Wedding planners used to exist. They're like Facebook. Uh-huh. They they were never around before and now they're a big thing. Um, is, is it kind of competitive? Is there a lot doing what you're doing right now? Not an awful lot in the Munster area. Uh, you would find <coughs> it a lot in the bigger cities, Dublin, London, New York and stuff. What we found, we've seen the growth in uh, the need for our services because Typically, it was Mammy or Mammy-in-law did all of this stuff for the uh, couple. Um, now, a lot of couples are living away. I was going to say Mammy-in-law doesn't mammy bother with that kind of thing really anymore. Mammy-in-law doesn't really want to get involved. Down with that sort yeah. of thing, says so Mammy-in-law. A lot of the couples are now living away and they want to get married in Cork. Hence the need to employ somebody like me. They don't want to go to Mammy or Mammy-in-law. They have way too much to do. They know what they want, so they'll come to a wedding planner and I work with them then. And how much do they know about what they want? I mean, you you mentioned the spreadsheet, so that person must be the nightmare you have to deal Mm. with. They want everything in the right order and God forbid, should a place setting be out of the way. Do most people just want things to run smoothly and the guests to have a good time? They sure do. Um, At the end of the day, um, 90% of the couples, that's what they want. It's about their family. It's about their friends. It's about really having a lovely day. However... You know, you do get brides who have been thinking about this since they were little girls. This is so important to them. And I know Christine will talk about it when it comes to hair and makeup. Like they've been dreaming about this for years. And then you get some couples and they're so laid back. They really just want it to be all about a party. Do you find some of them deteriorate into toddlers and you have little hissy fits? How do you deal with the hissy fit? You really just let it play out because, you know, I've played referee a few times and it's not really a nice place to be. So you let them get over it. Is there, is there, t- is there marital timeouts you can send them into? There are. I would often send them to separate t- uh, places in the room. So we have a showroom. So I'd say, now you go over there and look at the cufflinks or whatever it is. And they kind of get themselves together and come back. But most of them, it's just really about wanting it to be perfect. I love the idea of splitting couples up for that yeah, exact reason. That well, reason. Christine, let's bring you in at this point because your company is Creation. So you do hair and makeup. I do, yeah. Uh, when the salon do they, is Creation. When yeah. do they come to you then? 
So at the moment you'd be laughing, but inquiries are on 2019 at the moment. So that'll tell you. I actually inquired the other day about getting a diary for myself for 2019. They mightn't even have printed them yet. They're not. I had to actually ask, could I get one printed for myself? Anyway, but yeah, I do find it's kind of gone back to where it was years ago when couples are starting to book um, hotels two and three years in advance. And now I do see it's the same for me for hair and makeup. Now, when they, that's the first foray shall we say at, mm. at what point does it start getting serious then that people decide well I want this haircut I want the Rachel let's go back to the 90s I want the Rachel yeah for haircut well I suppose for wedding hair I have trials done previous now I noticed as well some brides at the moment even before they book they're looking for trials and that's without dresses that's just to generalise getting the hair tried out two years in advance which is ridiculous but like at that stage, I do advise the best thing to do is go get your dress, you know, get a little bit more of your theme going for your wedding. And then we look at what hairstyles and be realistic as well about hairstyles. So hair is one thing because, yeah. you know, that that's that's something that for the mm. most part, you know, you have It's planned. an important part. It's an important part, but yeah. you get it right. The makeup. What happens, like, I'm guessing that you deal with women, and it's predominantly women, mm. at their most emotionally fragile on the morning of their wedding. Mm. And the tears are never too far away. The stress is seeping out of the pores. How do you put makeup on people like that? Well, the makeup will go on no problem. But as the morning goes on, I mean, it does get quite overwhelming for a bride. And it does get quite emotional just before they leave for the church or leave for ceremony. Um, It's just little top ups after that. I mean, a good makeup artist makeup will stay on. Obviously, you're... You can't do anything about the tears. Bar just fix it up again, but um, it's fixed. But how do you how do you try? Because you know you've got mammy will be there and daddy will be there and the, the bridesmaids will be milling round and the bride might be roaring, she might be crying. Do you find yourself no more than than, than what we heard from Sandra is that you become kind of a counselor in that session? You're trying to impart words of wisdom just so they'll stop moving. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, once like I am fairly organised and I am fairly scheduled and once my schedule is put together for the morning of a wedding, I know I can be chasing a bridesmaid, she might be gone to the car, she might be but it's just pulling everyone back and just getting everything back in place again. And it does work, to be fair, it does. Uh, Sean, let's go to you because uh, you're I suppose once they've been through this process and they've the wedding planned and they have the makeup on and they look fabulous, mm. they come to you and say, Take me a take a picture so I can remember this fantastic day for the rest of my life or at least until I divorce them. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so your accent, first of all, you're not from Cork originally. No, I'm from New Zealand, but I, I married into the gang, so my wife is uh from Cork. Your wife is from Cork. Yeah. And and when you came over here, what's the difference between a New Zealand wedding and an Irish wedding? Um there's a huge difference, really. I mean, I, I hadn't attended as many weddings as I have since living in Cork or Ireland, I'd say. Um, I think Irish weddings are a lot more fun. Um, the ceremonies are probably longer. Our, our weddings would probably be more resemblant of a, like a humanist ceremony. I don't know if you've been to humanist weddings. but They're kind of in and out, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. Although the crack in the party afterwards probably isn't as, as mighty as what the Irish put on for us. So, so you, you, you've you've gotten into it, to say the least, from yeah. that description. Um, wh- when do you get involved in the process? Do they come to you? Again, You're wh- how far out are you planning? 
Yeah, usually usually a year in advance. I would recommend that that would be the time, especially as now there's uh, there's so many different styles of photography, different approaches to photography, um, that if you get in early, you get your choice of photographer as well. You know, so it, it, the earlier you get in, the more likely you're going to be ending up with somebody whose photographs you love and rather than ending up with, you know, because last it's not, minute. It's not as straightforward as it used to be, whereby you point and you click and everybody stand together and let's no. do the group photograph at the end. People's expectations have changed. and That's probably a lot down to the fact that we are instead out of our life with yep. Instagram. We see photographs on Facebook. We want something that stands out. And that must be the question you dread when somebody says to you, I want to stand out with this photograph. Yeah, it depends. Like uh, it, everyone, I'm kind of a member of a co-op in Cork as well of, of brilliant photographers, but we all have our own kind of different styles and approaches to photography. Um, for example, mine would be more of a documentary style. So I'm kind of storytelling on the day. Things are a lot more natural than, say, a, a set of kind of uh, posed images or you know, moments that are set up all day, I kind of tell the story in a, in a natural way. So isn't that very hard, though? Um, you know, someone who takes photographs for a hobby like me, just to try and catch that one moment. It's, it's, it's not always as easy as that. And do you find yourself sometimes a bit frustrated going, well, that was a bust that last five minutes there because the bride didn't look up or she was crying or the makeup was running? Yeah, um, well, the, the emotional side of a wedding is what we kind of look for if you're doing journalistic style. Um, so it's always lovely when there's that beautiful moment between a bride and her dad or the bride and groom. But you kind of, you train yourself to look for moments and know where to stand and be in the right place. You're kind of foreseeing things before they happen as well, you know. It's part of the organisational side of it, I suppose. And the tech has changed as well. You, do you still shoot off 35mm film or do you shoot digital? Uh, all digital now. Yeah. All digital. I, I believe there's there's few photographers out there shooting on film, but digital's the, the where we're at now. So drones. Uh yep. Yeah, I see a lot of drones, mostly with uh, like videographers. Not so much cameramen, but yeah, I see a lot more drones at weddings now. Has anything I'm... ever unfortunate happened when you were getting people to set up a photograph? Anyone ever fall into a pond or dip into a hole or you know vanish from plain sight when you're taking the photo? Not in my experiences. No, not so far. I'm kind of looking forward to that day because I haven't. I don't have a decent story to tell you. <laughs> um, I've had. Uh, Lots of alcohol sessions involved, which have been fun and challenging, but no, nothing nothing dramatic at all. Well, nothing dramatic there, but I suppose if we can come back to you, Sandra, what's the most outrageous thing, without going into details and explaining who, what, when or why, that you were asked to do to plan in a wedding? Was there ever something where you went, would you ever go away now? We're not doing that. Yeah, there was a couple who were getting married in Kerry, so we'll blame it on the Kerry people, um, and they wanted to do a petting zoo for their... Um, it was an outdoor wedding. They were getting married in a field and they wanted live animals in a petting zoo for their guests. So they wanted things like sheep and goats and rabbits and all those things set up in the corner of the field. Good God, why? They thought it was a great idea. Lovely, um, lovely photographs. Yeah. You can hire people yeah. now. So <laughs> you can actually, you can yeah. So, now. you know, it was bizarre, at, you know, kind of 11 o'clock at night to see people out at the petting zoo um, in all states. But yeah. We did it. It was great. It was there. Um, but yeah, that's probably one of the strangest And do you things. have, you obviously have a list of go-to people whereby you know if they want white doves, you've got your white doves guy. If they want a sweet stand, you got your sweet stand guy. There is a huge industry after bubbling out of this about from people's expectations at their weddings. There really is. Um, I suppose when I started, it was purely around the whole area of wedding planning. 
Um, but because there's such a demand, we've branched into the whole area of styling and prop hire. Um, so, yeah, I have my list of vendors and suppliers like people like Sean and Christine that you pull in when people are looking for them. But people look for all kinds of strange items. So we've built up a really good relationship with mostly local suppliers <coughs> because there's some great, fantastic, creative people in Cork. So we pull them in when we need them. And then a lot of it we can actually provide ourselves from our from our own show. So it's a themed wedding. So, you know, themed my, wedding. I yeah. got a Wild West themed wedding for some anything. weird reason. Yeah. yeah. So we went through a, a, a lot of phases there of rustic and vintage, classic elegance. You could do a black and white. You could do a casino night type wedding. So there's all kinds of everything. And people, re- as going back to my earlier point, a lot of people have put a lot of thought into their wedding. It's not really show up and have turkey and ham anymore, you know, and beef or salmon. It's... You know, the food is really important. The wine is really important. The music, mm. you know, the photographs. So, you know, it's not just a, a, a small little event anymore. People really go to town on their wedding. I suppose, Christine, as, as the confidant of many brides, uh, who uh, when you're there on wedding morning, have you noticed brides change at all? Are they still the same people that they would have been when you would have started out in the profession? Absolutely. And 100% changed. Um, because I suppose now when we're up against the likes of YouTube, and Google and stuff, like Sandra said, the expectation is way higher. Now, I met a girl the other day and she actually said to me, I've my whole wedding planned, but I've no husband yet. So it's like, <laughs> oh, I know, and I'm still laughing. There are men listening yeah. now who are going, I hope I, I know. don't meet her. But that's going back to that time. But with YouTube now, you see, we're up against, even just for photography and for wedding planning and for hair and makeup, girls are now looking constantly at the internet I mean when I ask a bride to send me a picture of an idea for her wedding day here I'm now getting literally the whole of Pinterest sent to me do you know what I'm saying there's so much more expectations so, there which is so and fabulous so much wasted going ah, through photographs it's the day of the dream and it's fabulous but you know but then, as I always point out to everybody who gets married, isn't married life very similar to non-married life? Because at the end of the day, you just keep going. It, it, it's it's You enjoy your day, but you move on. Can I ask you, do you guys get Saturdays off ever? Do you, do you have to work no, every single no. weekend? Yes. You do? Work yeah. every weekend. You work every Sunday. weekend? Every weekend. Yeah. And every Sunday weekend. now with the wedding fairs as well. We all do the wedding fair. So, so you're going yeah, once, seven days? Yeah. Eight. Eight at night time. Yeah. You can get married now on Sunday <laughs> yes. as well because if you're having a humanism mm. ceremony or if you're having any anything that's not non-church related, it's great day to get married. you can actually get married on Sunday. So the Sunday of bank holidays has now become hugely popular, mm. which we are totally hating. But <laughs> it now means that, yeah, you're working seven days, really. You'll never turn down the money, though. That's the, one thing, it, that's the one thing. We'll never. And this is the last question I have to ask, and I'll go to each of you individually. Sean, do you enjoy wedding? Absolutely, yeah. Because every wedding is completely different. Um, everybody has their own story. Obviously, there's similarities between weddings, but there's you meet different characters every time you work, which is uh, part of the joys of what I do as well. Okay, and uh, Christine, do you enjoy wedding? Ah, uh, for anybody that knows me, they will tell you I love my brides. And every bride is different and every bride is the only bride. Sandra, I'm holding out hope that the common sense in the group is going to be amongst you. Surely, after putting through so many weddings, you must dislike them in some shape or form. Um, yeah. I. What <laughs> 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 uh, uh, I find, it's, it's like a busman's holiday uh, because I walk around a venue and it's very hard to turn off and you're spotting things or I'm fixing tablecloths or, you know, I'm kind of straightening candles. Um but no, look, um, weddings are a great day out. So I think you have to kind of park the 
professional side and just uh, enjoy it. Absolutely. Enjoy it as best you can. And sure, look, you have to wish the happy couple the best. Correct. Even mm-hmm. if you don't like them. Um, <laughs> there, By the way, there is a competition we're running on Red Business this week. The Gary Vaux Hotel have given us an overnight stay for two people. They've thrown in dinner as well. Gary Vaux Hotel, which presumably some of you guys will have operated in yes. at some stage. A fabulous Last spot weekend. down there. Yeah. Very good. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get involved in that, go to the Red FM Twitter page and the Red FM Facebook page and the details on how you can enter the competition are on there. But for now, Christine O'Sullivan from Creations, Sean Clark, photographer, and Sandra Looney, wedding planner, thank you all very much for joining us. Thank, thank you. you. My thanks to all the companies who took part in this episode, and if you're one of their customers, the best of luck to you, in particular the guy who was proposing with the ring from Michelle's Juniors. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. We'll catch you on the next one. The Red Business Podcast with CompuB. Apple technology and solutions for your business. CompuB.com slash business.